Amen. Uh, well, guys, we are in the middle of this new series um, called When Necessary. It's a series that focuses on evangelism, and, and I've been sharing with you guys, the whole series was really birthed out of a prayer. Uh, the Lord had kind of put on my heart um, that the opening of the new building is around the corner. It is coming, and we still had some needs, and, and one of the biggest needs was uh, in, in my in, in what the Lord was putting on my heart was just people, that we, 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 don't, we don't need to wait to open new doors to invite people into our presence. We need to do that now because that's the call of Christianity is actually to go and make disciples. And so, uh, so here's the prayer I've been praying. I'm asking you to pray the same prayer that the Lord would provide 100 people and $100,000 in the next 100 days. Now that sounds nuts uh, of that $100,000. And again, we'll have an opportunity to give towards that um, after the message this morning. But the Lord's already provided... I, 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 the, the best update I had was 30000 but I know some has come in since then, so it's probably closer to 35000 38000 who knows. Um, but the Lord's already working in that, and, and we've seen people. We see new faces every week, which hopefully means that we're doing what we're supposed to do, um, which, is, which is going out, loving people, making disciples, encouraging them um, to come to church. And so uh, that's what we talked about. So it's birthed out of that, um, but the title was based on this quote, right? This quote that I tell you again and again is, is not from St. Francis, even though historically people always say that it is, but he, he never said it. It's not in any of his sermons. All the people that wrote books about him, they never use this quote. But it says, share the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And, and what that means is just that we should be living such a life that people can see Jesus in us. And hear me, we're for that, okay? Uh, but we can't use that as an excuse when it comes to evangelism because the Bible clearly tells us our words are necessary. In fact, Jesus commands us to use them. Uh, he says, go make disciples and teach them everything you know. That means using words, uh, right? We, we, so, so we know that. Um, we, we know that the need is great. Um, we've talked about this. Just in the United States of America, there are over 100 million un church unreached people here in the U.S. So we don't have to go across the, across the globe uh, to be missionaries. We can do it literally across the street. And then we finally know that faith comes by hearing. It means that words are necessary. So that's where we're going to begin this morning, guys. We're going, to, uh, we're going to start there. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm in Mark um, chapter 5 this morning, and, and, and we're going to kind of jump in to a text. I'm going to read 20 verses with you, one of my favorite stories. Uh, I know it's different. You're going to read it and be like, what? How could that be his favorite? But just follow me. Uh, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, they came to the other side uh, of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. And as soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs, and, and no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he knelt down before him and he cried out with a loud voice, "'What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God?' I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Jesus asked him. My name is Legion, he answered him, because we are many. That's the demons speaking, y'all. Just not trying to freak you out. But the demons are like, we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out 
of the region. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, send us into the pigs that we might enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirit came out and entered the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned there. The men who tended them ran off and reported it in the town and the countryside and people went to see what had happened. They came to see Jesus, and they saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it described to, uh, to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. And then they began to uh, beg him to leave the region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, Go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out and he began to proclaim in the, Deca the, the Decapolis uh, how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. So there's three things I want to share with you this morning, guys. And, and here's the first, and, and maybe, maybe this seems like a strain point out of this text, but I think it's important to point out, and it's this, it's that we tend to want to avoid the messed up people around us that desperately need Jesus, okay? We tend to want to avoid the messed up people around us that desperately, desperately need Jesus. Now, I think it's interesting, uh, when you read Mark 5, you read about this guy, so, so he lives day and night, he spends at, in the tombs, and, and roaming the mountainside. And it says that they've tried to deal with him. They've, they've tried to shackle him. They've tried to tie him up. Like, what, what, is, what is going on? Now, he's, so he's not in the town. He's outside of the town. He lives there. He dwells there. And no one goes there, right? They've just avoided this guy. Now, is it because he's dangerous? Possibly. But if he was, the text never says that he is danger to other people. Did you notice what it says about him? It, it says, listen, day and night... Night and day, among the tombs, on the mountains, he was always crying out and doing what? He was cutting himself, right? So, so day and night, he's crying out, he's cutting himself. And, and listen, if you were asking me, just based on the text, what's going on, it appears to me that this man who is possessed is self-harming, right? And so they've tried to bind him, they've tried to keep him from it, they, they don't want him running around and yelling out, and, and he's broken loose of all those things. Now, there's probably some genuine fear about anybody that can break shackles, right? So they're probably like, whoa. But nowhere in the text does it say that he was a danger to the people. Now, I say that to you because when I make a point like this and says we tend to avoid the messed up people around us that desperately need Jesus, uh, I'm going to talk for a second about our culture. See, because our current culture, y'all, and, and I, I hate using words like cancel culture, uh, but, it, but it's real. Um, another word you might have heard is, uh, is toxicity, right? And so in our, our current world, uh, and it's invaded the church, y'all, it's, it, it's, 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 it's pervasive. It's worked its way into the church. There are Christian pastors and teachers that are telling other Christians that they should cut toxic people out of their life, Right? That, that's what they're saying. They're saying, listen, you've got to cut toxic people out of your life. Now, I'm going to tell you, so we've we got to define some things then. If we're going if, if, if to say that, we better, by golly, define it. Now, listen, uh, if there is abuse going on, we would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. 
if there's physical abuse, if there's sex, sexual abuse, uh, if there's, if there's uh, uh, mental, emotional abuse, right, those kind of things. Believe it or not, y'all, there is such a thing as called spiritual abuse, uh, where a husband or a wife tries to use the Bible uh, as, as a way to beat up their spouse. And I, I mean, I, I've seen it. I've witnessed it, taking Scripture out of context, trying to pummel the other person. Uh, listen, and when it comes to abuse, the church is very clear in this, uh, that, 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 listen, you gotta, you got to step out of that. And, and, and I want to say to you this morning, if you're hearing my voice and you're in that kind of situation, you don't know what to do, you can reach out to us. We'll put you in line with hotlines. You guys, you, but you can Google it. Like, help me in a bad relationship. You'll, you'll find as much stuff as we will. But, but so, listen, when we talk, when you hear me use these phrases, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is all the other things that we've defined as toxic right? Because what we've defined as toxic is people that hurt our feelings, people that disagree with us, people that make us feel uncomfortable, um, people that anger us, people that challenge us, right? If anybody does those things, if anybody is difficult, disagreeable, not easy, doesn't vote the way that I vote, dress the way that I dress, do the things that I do, then that person, if they hurt my feelings, they're toxic, and now we've decided, well, we must cut them out so that I can be all that I need to be for Jesus. And I just want to challenge that and say, uh, do you ever see G Jesus doing that with anyone? Uh, hello, if, if Jesus treated you that way, would you be here today? Absolutely not. Yet it is so important for you to hear, if we're going to talk about evangelism, that we can't just be committed to reaching the people that are easy to reach or the people that are agreeable unto us. But part of our call is not to avoid people just because they're messed up. Just because they're hurting. Listen, I, I, I've, been, I've said this for weeks. Everyone you come into contact with has experienced deep hurt in their life. They just deal with it differently. Some people, because of their deep hurt, uh, they, more than anything else, they're just going to want to please you and want to attach themselves to you, and they just want to be loved. And man, they'll let you walk all over them because of their deep hurt. Other person experienced the same kind of trauma, and they're going to tell you all about it by cussing you up one side down the other, not letting you get close, trying to keep you away, right? Because we all deal with it differently, but we all need Jesus. And so it's really important if we're going to talk about evangelism, if we're going to be committed, y'all, to being missionaries in Elgin, Texas, that we understand that these Christians can't be Christians that just cut people out of their lives because they're disagreeable to them. Amen? Does it make sense? It's a good place to start, right? If we're going to stick to the text, it's a good place to start. Second thing I want to share with you is uh, that the good news often involves getting uncomfortable while meeting physical and spiritual needs with love. Right? The good news often involves getting uncomfortable uh, while meeting physical and spiritual needs with love. So this guy's demon-possessed. I'm uncomfortable right there. Right? So when your pastor tells you demons are real, you guys are like, nope, don't want to talk about that. See you next week. Right? Right? You're like, eh? Yeah, I can watch something on TV. It's whole different when you say that's real and that's not made up, right? So, so that's uncomfortable. So, so there's that. Uh, not only that, this person is naked. Don't know if you've been there. Don't know if you've ever had. Uh, believe it or not, in ministry, I've had this happen. Uh, I, like it's been, it's, it, it's been a thing. So, so I didn't know it was a thing. It's not a seminary class. 
uh, they don't be like, hey, pastor, one day you're going to get a call and you're going to have to go to somebody's house and, and they're going to be naked. Uh, and they could, they could be convulsing or have, like, like that's, like, it's, part, it's uncomfortable, right? Uh, you're you're going to, there's going to be people in your path, and what they're going through makes you feel, right? It just makes you, you're like, oh, I don't want to get into that. The husband and wife are fighting, or, or the kid is mad at mom, or there's some truth, like, it's just going to be uncomfortable. So Jesus steps into the, the uncomfortable situation. He does what nobody else is going to do. Everybody else is avoiding the area. Jesus actually steps into the area. Uh, he, he, he actually asks the man, like, what's your name? He's speaking to the demon, those kind of things. Um, but I want you to notice something that he does that's kind of, like, for us, it, it, it seems weird. Mark 5.15, it says this. It says, they came to Jesus, and they saw the man who had been demon-possessed. And notice what the man's doing now after Jesus has cast out these demons. He's sitting there, and, and, and do you see that next word? What does that say? Dressed. He's dressed. So, so Jesus has not only met his spiritual needs, what else has he done? He's actually taken care of his physical needs. And church, I'm going to say to you, you're probably in one of two camps, and you've got to figure out the tension of this, right? Because there's a group of Christians on earth that will only focus on trying to meet people's physical needs, and those physical needs are never fully met. And they think that that's the whole total gospel, right? Well, I met physical needs, I fed somebody, I gave them food, and like, that's as far as it goes. There are other Christians that are like, I will not meet any of those things. I'm going to tell them that they need Jesus or they're going to hell, and that's all they'll do, right? And yet here's Jesus, uh, our, our, our Lord, our Savior, our, our teacher, our guide, and he's doing both. He's doing both well, and there's tension there. And Jesus has met the spiritual needs. He's got uncomfortable enough to do that, but he's also meeting the physical needs. And listen, this is kind of part of what Jesus teaches us, right? Matthew 5, uh, 40 and 41. He says, as for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, I'll, I'll tell you, you should probably go too. In, in Luke 6, 27 and 29, he says, but I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those that mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other. And if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Like, hey, Jesus talks about what you do for the least of these, a cup of cold water. So, so listen, Jesus was about both, okay? And I, I, this is going to be crazy for you. Some of you that have just been focused on the spiritual... And you've been wondering why you haven't found an in with somebody to invite them to church or to talk to them about life. It's because you need to pray and say, hey, God, would you show me the physical? And when you start seeing the physical needs around you, maybe, maybe there's a yard in your street that always needs to be mowed. And, and that's the physical sign. And the Lord, next time you drive by, hopefully puts on your, on your heart, you know what, I could go over there and mow that on Saturday. And, and you might be shocked somebody comes out of that house and they're like, what are you doing? Mow my yard. And maybe it's an older lady who just lost her husband. And she just needed somebody to do it. But she didn't know who to call. She didn't know what to do. Right? You just never know. Sometimes meeting the physical need is what's going to lead to the spiritual conversation. Sometimes the spiritual conversation will lead to some physical needs. And we want to tell you, church, like our goal is to raise you up to meet those needs. Now, there's going to be some needs. We tell our deacons this all the time. Uh, our, our deacons are out there. They've got a list of families, so they, they call people. Hey, how are you? Some of our deacons are over in people's houses. They're changing light bulbs and doing stuff. And we always tell them, listen, if it's something that you can handle, that's great. 
But don't ever take on like a financial burden that's more than what you can handle. That's what the church is for. And so you can reach out. We can email the church as a whole and say, hey, this is a need we have. And so just want to tell you, though, guys, this is crucial that we, we find that tension in Scripture if we're going to love people well and share, and share Christ with them. Okay, third thing I want to share with you guys, and it's this. It's that we need to tell those we know just how much the Lord has done for us. Right? We need to tell those we know just how much the Lord has done for us. And, and so, uh, listen, this guy's response to Jesus is amazing. It says he begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Okay, so uh, last week I told you about the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, if you look in Luke, it said that she was possessed by like seven demons. Jesus drove them out, and Mary gave her life to Christ and then followed him everywhere that he went. This guy wants to do the same thing, right? So, so listen, uh, he... He cast out a legion of demons, and this guy, now totally healed, uh, who's been dressed now by Jesus, sitting down in his right mind, is like, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be where you are. I want to be your disciple. And Jesus says to him, no, dude, I need you, I need you to go to, go to your people. I need you to go to your town. I need you, I need you to go to Decapolis. Uh, which is a, it's like 10 cities kind of all together. Damascus is one of them. Um, and so kind of all there together. He says, I want you to go back to your people. And, and, and notice, notice these words. This is, this is cool. He says, go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you. Right? Report to them how much the Lord has done for you. That's the job. Just go report to him how much the Lord has done to you. Uh, we talked in week two of this series about our testimony. And I was talking about this with the staff this week. I said, sometimes if you don't have a story to tell, it's because you don't have a story to tell. Right? Listen, if, if you can't tell somebody how much the Lord has done for you, maybe the Lord hadn't done it yet. Right? Maybe you haven't really received it. Maybe you don't know what the offer is. Because if you can't tell someone what the Lord has done for you, then maybe you didn't actually receive what the Lord has done for you. It's huge. And so guys, our goal here is we, we talk about basically, listen, refashioning who we are, why we exist, what we do, how we think about church, is that remember, church is not going to be about us. We're not going to show up thinking, what do I get out of this? Were the songs what I wanted? Was the message what I wanted to hear? Did somebody park in my place? Or did they sit where I want to sit? Like, it's not about us. We're going to show up and be outward focused from the moment we get out of bed. Lord, hopefully it started midweek as we were already praying for our neighbors and our friends. We were asking them to join us. Maybe we made plans for lunch afterwards. And we're saying, hey, you need to be a part of what God is doing in my life. Right? And we show up and we're others focused the entire time. Focused on God. That's the greatest commandment. And focused on others. That's the second greatest commandment. Y'all, and that's what church is supposed to look like. It's radical. So our goal is that every member would get that, that every member would be a missionary, um, and, and, and that's a big deal, engaging others on a regular basis. So uh, what, what do we do with that? How, how do we make some changes? I'm going to give you some things I, I think will help. And so here's the first. I, I think this week I, I want you to really, I want to challenge you to try to differentiate between the truly toxic and the just plain difficult people in your life. Okay? I want to challenge you uh, to differentiate between the truly toxic and the just plain difficult people in your life. So truly toxic, right? Abusive. We, we walk through that. 
Okay? In that relationship, if that's where you are, you need to reach out. You need to get help. Just hear that call from from here. That's what we're saying. Uh, But if people are just difficult, y'all, people are just difficult. What happens if we, the light of the world, draw back from the difficult? What hope do they have? You following me? What, What hope would they have? Jesus has, has given us his mission. It's the co-mission. He said, hey, we're together in this mission now. You're the light. I'm, I'm going to empower you. My spirit's going to live inside of you. But you're the light. You. And if the light draws back from the darkness, what hope does the darkness have? You following me? And so we got to differentiate and I'm going to love you well enough to say, listen, here's the statistics in the church. Where We looked at the big churches, said, how many, how many of you in the big churches are doing evangelism? Remember, it's only 10%. Only 10% of people in the large churches that we want to all be like are actually going out and sharing Christ. 90% are not. But I'm going to tell you that the 10% that are, I promise you, are probably reaching out to the people that look like them, that talk like them, that dress like them, and vote like them. We have a tendency to look for the easy. We have a tendency to avoid the difficult, the uncomfortable. And our culture is making it worse. And it's seeping into the church. And we're writing off people that God made in his image. You hear me, church? So, for those of you that are unfriending instead of praying. You follow me? For those that are avoiding instead of trying to connect. And I'm just telling you, we've got to pray. And say, God, what did you do with me? And how should I respond to them? We've got to differentiate, okay? Y'all, now listen, again, if it's truly toxic, we're, we're going to give you the blessing, right? Uh, some people that have been abused feel like they hear a message like this and it's a call for them to go back to the abuser. We're not saying that at all. That's not for you. But what I am saying is the people that just drive you nuts or get on your last nerve or just don't agree with you politically, right? That you decided that you're not going to Thanksgiving because so-and-so is going to be there. I'm going to tell you, maybe so-and-so desperately needs the Lord and God intended for you to be the light in their life. Right? Okay. Second. Regularly pray for the hurting people in your life and ask God to reveal how to meet their needs with love. Regularly pray for the hurting people in your life and ask God to reveal how to meet their needs with love. So we talked about this last week. We talked about the small things, right? I went over a few that I'm, I'm trying to work on. So, but praying was up there on the list, right? Like, God, help, help me. God, help, help me meet these needs around me. God, help me see, reveal. That's a prayer. God, reveal to me the needs around me. Help me see them. And then, guys, when you see that physical need, ready? This is nuts. Do something about it. And you might be shocked how that leads to the deep spiritual conversation you've been longing. I just want to share Jesus with somebody. I want to share Jesus with somebody. Well, your neighbor is having car trouble. How can you help? I just want to share Jesus with somebody. I just want to share Jesus with somebody. Well, their yard just needs some help. Or, 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 or you, you see them constantly chasing their kids around, right? And maybe the answer is to go, hey, um, my husband and I, but like, listen, this is crazy. This is nuts. But we kind of felt like the Lord wanted for us to pay for a babysitter for you. Right? 
dude, you just made friends in your neighborhood. Like, what? A baby? Yep. Do you have one? Yeah, I have one. Or no, I don't. We've got a list of names. You can, you can, like, we've background checked these people. We know their mamas. We'll call, right? But, like, could we, could we help? Could we step in? So you've got to see the need. You've got to pray about it. Trust the Lord. Do something. Lastly, think about how much the Lord has done for you and share it with someone outside of your comfort zone. So this is my challenge this week if you only did one thing. Okay? Like you came to church, you're like, okay, pastor, what's the one thing I have to do this week? Here's the one thing. The one thing you have to do this week is this. You have to share what the Lord has done for you. How much has the Lord done for you? And you've got to share it with one person. Where's that one person? They are outside of your comfort zone. These are not the easy... Now, you should share inside too, by the way. That's how you'll get ready for the outside. Like, just start sharing it. And this one, and this one. And then you've got to step out, right? But one person outside, that's the test. So you're going to show up next week. I'm going to be like, hey, how many of you shared with one person outside? Your, you don't think I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. So here, I'm just telling you, this is your homework. How much has Jesus done for you? Can we do some testifying this morning? All right? So I, I told you guys when I came like 13 years ago, I was Baptocostal. So here we go. Uh, we're going to testify. If you don't know what testify is, uh, you, you start getting a little rowdy. So you, you raise a hand and say, amen. And you might say glory. And you say, yeah, that's me. And it's okay. We're in church. I'm giving you permission now to talk. All right? Because other people need to hear your testimony. So, so here we go. Has the Lord been good to you? Yeah. All right. There's a few at least. All right. Thanks. So the Lord's been good to you. Has the Lord saved your soul? Anybody? Amen? Hallelujah, right? Has the Lord lifted you out of a pit? He has. That's a lot of you. By the way, you don't have to say yes if it ain't yes. Don't lie in church. God's watching. All right? Okay? So many of you, he's lifted you out of the pit. Has the Lord set your feet upon the rock? Right? Some of you are like, not right now. I feel like I didn't say that's okay. You can be honest. Has the Lord saved your children or some of your children? He has, right? Has the Lord saved your marriage, anybody? Yes. yes, right? We got testimonies in this place. The Lord has done much for you. He has done much for you. And you that think you have nothing to say, my job is to pull it out of you and to go, you've got so much to share. The world needs to know that God is good. The world needs to know that He loves you. The world needs to know that He's there. The world needs to know that you were in the pit, that He pulled you out, that He has set your feet upon the rock, and though you may stumble, you shall never slip. The Lord needs to know that the world needs to know that the Lord cares about your children and your marriage and your finances. The world and you have much to share. So your one challenge this week, if you had one thing you were going to do because of what you heard, would be to think about how much the Lord has done and to share it with one person outside your comfort zone. And hey, I just gave you a guideline of some things that you could share. Okay? So here's the deal. When people show up, they take notes. Crazy pastors that pour themselves into writing this stuff have an expectation that the people that come would actually go home and think about it. So in your bulletin, in your digital notes, there are questions to go ponder and think about. And we've got some really great ones. 
And if you're visiting with us this morning, you go, I, I just want to, what do I do next? Man, I came to church. What's next? Well, next, we want to get you plugged in. And we've got an awesome class called Connections. So I want you to come see me. I'm going to introduce you to my friend Jens. And check this out. They're actually, right now, when we dismiss, they're going to grab some coffee, meet one another, then they're going to go jump in to what we just talked about. They're actually going to answer those questions in a small group together. You're going, man, I'd like to know some people. I'd like to meet some people. It's a great opportunity for you to be able to do just that. I'm going to pray for us. All right, and then we've got, uh, we've got this uh, special giving opportunity, and then we've got a couple announcements. Father, thanks for loving us. You're so good. Your word endures forever. Uh, God, you've called us to be the light. Like, I, like I, I, I want to speak for the church. I think we struggle with this. Jesus, we are so comfortable pointing to you as the light of the world. That makes us happy. Be like, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. And then you, Jesus, say, and now you are the light. And we're like, no, Jesus, you must have had that wrong. Jesus, you didn't get it wrong. You have saved us. You have made us. You have, you have empowered us to be a light. And we're going to receive it, God. We're not going to step back from the darkness anymore, but we're going to press in to the difficult situations with love and tenderness and try to be the people you have called us to be. God, give us opportunities. God, give us the strength to be who you have made us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, so it is the last Sunday of the month. Um, that's a Sunday we set aside to do construction updates. Uh, Y'all, we're building a church, if you haven't heard. Um, yep, it's kind of a big deal. So uh, it, it started with just dirt, and uh, we're a little further than that. So this is what it looks like now. We're going to go through that. Uh, hey, y'all see that logo? Doesn't that look good? Um, by the way, at night, that's going to shine. It actually lights up. So, uh, so we have no power. We'll get to that. Still praying. Uh, but it looks darn good on the building, by golly. Let's go to the next one. Uh, we have doors, right? We have storefronts, like real doors. Uh, uh, most of them have the black hardware. A couple of them, we're still waiting. But they, they open and close. And thank you, Lord, for that. Uh, we have a stage that is almost that is almost decked. That sucker is so big. Uh, camera folks, God bless y'all. I wish you luck. I got like 80 feet to walk out of focus and zoom, and I cannot wait. I'm going to get in so many steps on Sunday morning. It's going to be awesome. And so uh, that's coming. Um, we have we have tile going up in bathrooms, uh, which is crazy. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have offices. Our offices uh, our offices are actually painted. Uh, with the first coat. There's some touch-up that needs to be done. Uh, they've got drop ceiling in, lights are in, so that's cool. Um, what else? Uh, we, our playground is ready. It is backfilled, and it is ready to be installed if it ever stops raining. Uh, ever. I don't, I don't know when that'll be. Uh, and then here's the last one. We don't have power. It's going to be a really nice building with no sound, no lights. No, no power. It is coming. Uh, so it is currently scheduled for the week of February 6th, which could mean the 6th or the 10th. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. It probably means that we're not going to be in the building for Easter. Now that could change. The Lord could move. Um, our commitment was that we weren't going to have Easter Sunday be the very first Sunday in the building because we wouldn't, like, we're afraid none of the systems will work and it'd be chaos and that doesn't, that didn't work. But we're, we're praying about what to do. So either we'll have a service here. Uh, I, I've been praying about maybe a big parking lot service there, how cool that could be. Uh, do everything outdoors kind of early in the morning. So just be with us in prayer. Um, the Lord is good. We are excited. There are um, opportunities every week that pop up and they are just that. They're opportunities and the Lord's been good and all that. So pray, guys. Um, we still got some money we're trying to raise. We've got some things we're trying to work out with architects. Just, just keep praying and, and keep doing what you're doing. 
Okay? God's going to do what he does. He's going to provide the funds. We're going to continue to focus on the people. But funds are still needed. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take up one last offering. Uh, this is it. This will take you to a dedicated page that is only for future fund giving. It is also a push pay page, but you'll see it's locked in that it's future fund. On these Sundays, all we ask is if, if, if everybody could try to give something. You may only have $5. The Lord will take your $5 like, 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 like the widow and, and just, just bless that sucker, man. I, I believe it with all my heart. Um, so there are also in front of you, uh, there's a little crossing over. If you'd rather write a check or have cash, there's a crossing over envelope. I'm going to pray quickly. We're going to ask everybody to try to give something. And as you give, hey, hear, hear me out before you just make it a transaction. As you give, would you ask the Lord to multiply it? Say, God, this is what we have. Would you take it and multiply it? And, and he will. Y'all just wait. He will. Okay? Father, um, take these gifts. Multiply them for your kingdom and for your cause. In your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.